0: Well hello. There you are. Welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. I'm Mike Householder, your host. Joined by my co-host as always, Emily Lang Paul. Hi. Hi Emily. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Fresh off of a trip this weekend with yes, friends.
1: To Colorado. Rock- it was wonderful. Rocky Mountains, huh? Uh-huh. It was great.
0: Fresh air. Did you ski?
1: No, no, no. Snowboard? I hiked a little bit,
0: ah. and then I shopped. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun? Yep, it was wonderful. Oh, that's good. That's good. And we are joined by two. We're doubling the fun today. We have two yeah. great guests. Yes,
1: Lead Pastor Jeremy Johnson and Minister and Care Team Leader Colette Nelson. Hi. Yeah.
2: Good, uh,
0: yeah. good to see you guys. Good to see you guys, <laughs> too. Glad to be here. Colette, you were on an episode a couple of years ago, our season one, and Jeremy you're on as a recurring character
2: I like, uh, like I like to say I'm the friend you can't get rid of you know <laughs> just just show up yeah I wouldn't, show up, Yeah, wouldn't put it exactly no, like that kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding yeah.
0: Yeah, you're, the, you're the friend we like to have
2: stop it's by the good. neighborhood yeah, it's fun to stop by
0: you're kind of like Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood you know and, and, you're, oh when, yeah he, he's, he's the mailman yeah. who mm-hmm. kind of shows up every yeah. three or four episodes uh-huh. and yeah he's always got something to talk to <laughs> there you go Fred yeah. about yeah. And, yeah right yeah okay I'm gonna stop talking about that but <laughs> We have an icebreaker.
1: Yes. We are going to talk about good stuff today. So to open us into the conversation, let's talk about what you do to relieve stress in your own life.
0: And as always, you can play along at home. Yeah. So, Colette. What do you do as a stress reliever? And we're we're, we're carving. We're saying we can't say exercise because we've talked about that too mm-hmm. much lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last few episodes, we we specifically went in there. So what else besides exercise do you do to leave, relieve stress?
3: It's a good thing that I can't say exercise because because
0: that's your thing. You're, I
3: wouldn't have anyway.
0: <laughs> you're in the gym all the time, right? Yeah. 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 No. How, mu- how much do you bench?
3: <laughs> in books. Uh yes. no. There yeah. we go. So my yeah my. My uh, stress reliever is reading. I like to read and disconnect that way all the time. Yes, all the time.
0: And reading, but is there a particular genre of literature that you uh, like? (laughs) Why you're laughing? (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's kind of funny.
3: Um, I I love true stories. I love especially true stories about people who have conquered uh, mental health issues and that... God's transformation has gotten them to the other side of it. It gives us all hope. So I love those.
0: So the three of us sitting around you right now, and a lot of you who are listening right now who know Colette are not surprised probably at (laughs) Uh all by this answer because- this is just your heart you have a you have a heart for people who are walking this walk and that's what we're here to talk about today Mm -hmm. is uh mental health in the church and so i'm glad i'm really glad that you're on our team here yeah Mm -hmm. it's good no kidding it's good to have somebody who leads that way uh even even as a stress reliever to do that that's awesome i know it's weird you're you're, you you are as (laughs) you are as you as they say in your sweet spot
2: then yeah in your wheelhouse yeah Jeremy? Well, you know, I would love to be as holy as that and feel like, yeah, think about how how good of a person. But one of the things, I love to hang out with my family. We're a we're a home family. We love to be together. But for me, following sports for me is so much fun. Just following each team, following the teams that I enjoy, also following other teams, just seeing where everyone falls. I'm a baseball fanatic. I've always been a baseball fanatic. Love it. I, I hope that they're back playing soon. But I just I could follow it and I'm one of the rare people. Who finds joy in watching nine innings of baseball, no matter how long it takes, mm-hmm. and I can just watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You can watch a whole game. Watch a whole game. And I love wow. to see how a pitcher's throw throwing each batter and how the approach and how they're approaching different hitters. And I just there's yeah. a, there's a science to baseball that I think mm-hmm. is just fascinating. And that, yeah. and that brings down your RPMs. So it relaxes. Oh, you. totally, yeah. Yep. And I you could ask my family, like I my my son always like, Dad, you could be a commentator because yeah. I just love to think the game, talk the game. It's a blast.
0: I don't want to go too deep into this, but when I was a kid, I mean, I, I love sports too. We both know yeah, that about yeah. each other. We talk about it all the time. But um, I would listen to, to broadcasts of Major League Baseball games on my radio next to my bed as I was falling asleep. So I'd always fall asleep yep. to, a, to a baseball game. Am I the only one or was
2: that you too? Uh, I would do that. And then I also would, I would keep score. So oh. you know, remember the, the art of okay. wow. keeping book, yeah. and so you keep score and all that fun stuff. Y-
0: you saw my listen to the broadcast uh-huh. and raised it, you know, the, the keep score. That's very impressive. Wow. Yeah. It's, some would call it a problem. So.
1: <laughs> we clearly all have obsession.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. Stress reliever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. it's good. Uh-huh. Emily, what's your stress reliever?
1: Well, getting away was a real stress reliever. Yeah. But day to day, I give credit to social media. It gets a bad rap for a lot of things that are real. But I like a mindless moment
0: yeah just to give yourself a, a few minutes yeah yeah mm-hmm. to 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 go and and that brings down the rp yes
1: i also got hacked and didn't have it for a few months and i will say you legitimately can keep up with your friends yeah and that is good
0: yeah mm-hmm. that is good
1: that how is. about for you
0: Stress relief for me. I have a favorite bar at a casino. I like to go to. <laughs> no, you uh, don't. Which, <laughs> nice you know, try. <laughs> so, so while I'm playing the tables, uh, I, I like to take a break. And tr- I'm kidding. I don't. Those are not my temptations. But um, you know, I, I like to spend time in the Word uh-huh. and, and uh-huh. Re- re- read scriptures <laughs> in the original text. Uh, I actually do like to do that. But I, but I think I think the thing that. Um, I like to spend time with my wife. We we like to, um, you know, just do whatever together. It doesn't even have to be a big deal. We can go out, but sometimes it's just sitting down and watching. We're starting to watch Mrs. Maisel again because another season just came out. And whatever it is, I mm-hmm. mean, um, it's, just, it's just fun to be together. Now we're empty nesters, so... Uh, that's not a bad gig. That emptiness thing. I, I, yeah, it's right. I mean, it's, I
1: see that. It's, yes. mm-hmm.
3: it's,
0: it's it's okay. It's coming. You, you'll, yeah. You'll, you'll, yeah, see. you'll see. You'll yeah. see. You youngins, you'll yeah. see. It, it can be great. Uh, but today we're here to uh, not just talk about what relieves us, you know, in kind of fun, entertaining mm-hmm. ways, but we're here to talk about it on a much deeper level. And um, all kidding aside, to talk about the the connection between church and mental health between what scripture says about these things. And so with that, much like we started our sermon this weekend, Pastor Jeremy on mental health and the Bible, we're going to start with some questions with a little bit of an assist from Ted Lasso.
2: Okay. So, uh, Hey, why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any questions? Okay. First
1: question, Jeremy, we'll start with you. What does the church get right and wrong biblically when it comes to mental health?
2: I believe that, uh, the church does a good job of coming alongside people. I think, people, uh, generally speaking, the church historically has has cared for those who are who are hurting. I do feel, at the same time, one of the places that we've gone wrong is we try to uh, dismiss it or we try to get control of it. I, I think about it this way a lot: is we try to give people an explanation when first and foremost people need a, They need consolation. Mm. They need people to love them. And so I think, and one of the things that we heard a lot from. People this weekend was they never felt permission to be able to be honest with their mental health. So many people reached out and said, "I finally feel like it's I, I'm okay that my faith isn't less than, or mm. somehow I don't really trust Jesus because I've been dealing with these things." And so, when the church hasn't given space to do that, uh, I think we've really done people a disservice. Not a lot, not allowed them to fully be human.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we see that a lot uh, around. The church, and it's the opposite of the way it should be. Because you said at the beginning, what the church gets right is we want to help, but sometimes in our effort to want to help, we we can go the opposite direction. And part of that is contributing to the stigma, I think, of mental health and keeping uh, it off in, into kind of the darkness. Bringing it out into the light, I think, mm-hmm. is so healthy and it's so important. But I just don't think that happens enough. I had somebody come up to me after one of the sermons this weekend. And say that she grew up in a church where it was the opposite, where anytime anything like this was talked about, it came with the, the, the guilt and the shame of, well, you must not be a good enough Christian. You, you must not be a, a, strong enough in your relationship with God. Your faith must be weak. But the thing about it is when we're honest with what scripture actually says, it gives Mm -hmm. us the stories. I mean, the Psalms are full of people who are crying out for help. Uh, Specifically, Psalm 55, David's having a panic attack. Um, Mm -hmm. Job talks about being depressed. I mean, that's the actual word in the Hebrew that he uses. Elijah talks about suicidal ideation at one point, a really low point, obviously, sitting under a broom tree. If that's the heroes of the Bible, then we have to have room to allow people to be honest, to come out into the light and to reveal that this is an
2: issue. I, I said it at one of the services. I didn't say it at all of them, and I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. But a couple of years ago, I, I had shared my story with, uh, with a men's group, and, and there was a, just a, a wonderful person that came up to me and said, well, what happens if your kids hear you talking about this? Yeah. And my response to him was, I'd be scared if my kids didn't hear me talk about mm-hmm. this. Amen. Amen. Because they're they're going to either themselves or somebody that they love is going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, if they uh, somehow think that there is an abnormality in that, then they're going to start to internalize that. And so that's one of the things that talking about this to me is so biblical and it's so important is we rejoice together. We mourn together. We do life together. And this is a huge, Mm -hmm. huge part of life right now. And it always has been. You talked about biblically speaking, it's all over scripture, but when we get to, when we can just be honest with one another, it faith comes alive. It really is. I
0: I keep coming back these days as we start off this year of sermons where our theme here at hope is God in us in real life. I keep coming back to that, that line in the Gospels where Jesus says, if you know the truth, um, the truth yeah. will set you free. Mm. The, the truth is that if you're struggling with mental illness, sweeping it under the rug is, is going to absolutely make it way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and suppressing it is just going to multiply it. I mean, that, that's an issue which leads to our second question.
1: Yeah, Colette, we'll start with you on this one. What do you see and hear from Iowans who come to hope in need of pastoral care? Hmm. So much. Right now, I think um, even those
3: people that never struggled with anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. uh, because of the isolation we've experienced in the past couple years are struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And so I am hearing a lot of people that just are realizing they need community Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important what we do around here is that um people just need other people and so um i think that's a that's a huge huge part of it but yeah the the depression and anxiety are high and um high for people who've never experienced it and so i think a lot of people are taking a step back and and just really really trying to figure out what's going on um we're not intended to take in all of the stuff we're taking in. Mm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the pause app I use it a lot um, that John Eldridge uh, put out or whatever. But it's that idea that like twenty four seven, we are taking in everyone's pain all around the world and at high speeds. And that's ho- that gets depressing. Mm-hmm. that's ho- that can feel hopeless. And I feel like right now, a lot of people are just needing hope. Yeah. We're just
0: needing hope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like it's accelerated during this pandemic, too. We've seen the statistics. We, we shared some of those. Jeremy, what, what's the percentage of people
2: who admit that they're struggling now with depression and anxiety? Is it 30, 32% of adults nationwide. Uh, and before the, the, the research that we were given before the pandemic, it was 11% or just under 11%. So, so it's almost tripled, wow. it's tripled in the last yeah.
0: two years. Yep. And the, the thing about those numbers, you know, statistics are what they are, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can, you gotta be careful with that. But what, what's kind of alarming to me about those numbers is how many people do you think are out there who if they're surveyed and, right. and are asked, right. so is depression and anxiety, have you been diagnosed with clinical or, or mm-hmm. uh, depression or anxiety? How many people are going to say no oh, I'm not going to say yes to you? Mm-hmm. And and so is 32% really accurate or is is it higher? Is it mm-hmm. 40 or 50 or 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 more?
3: Well, then you've got the people too that it's not that they don't want to admit it, they don't know what it is. They just know that they're feeling something. And if somebody asks them are you depressed or anxious, they might not even be able to identify that as what it's what it is.
0: Right. We, we all know the statistics. We've heard the stories of uh, some young person uh, dies by suicide mm-hmm. and then we're worried that there might be copycats. Mm-hmm. What is it that we can do as a church? What is it we can do as Christians? What is it our listeners can do along the way to help in those kinds of situ-
2: situations? Well I, I think communication on it is so important and, mm-hmm. and staying in touch. I think we live more individualized lives than we ever have before, and I think we lose touch with one another. And I think that that happens in families as well. Because, you know, I think about just in my family. There's only we only have two kids, and we all are busy with things, and it can be really easy to become disconnected from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think I wonder if one of the things that we need to do, like the the, the, the four of us are around a table. And something mm-hmm. happens when you, you have physical time. Before the podcast started, we were laughing. We were sharing life. We were, we were doing stories. There was so much that happened that even when we didn't talk about it, we probably had a general sense of how today had been going with one another. Yeah. And I think the more we can give teenagers the opportunity of being able to do that, the the better off we are. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's the, the, the silver bullet in the whole thing, but I think that that's a part of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think connection is is huge. And... I think that's what the body of Christ does, right? When we get isolated or in our own head, you mm-hmm. talked about fragmented thinking mm-hmm. and all of those yeah. things, um, whether it's grief or depression or suicidal thoughts or whatever, that causes us to only like focus right here.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And we need our brothers and sisters in Christ, our, our community, to remind us that there's there's this other stuff out here. It, this doesn't stay here forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I struggled with depression, I... I needed my brothers and sisters in Christ to remind me of God's presence in my life, even when
1: it didn't feel like it. So I think that's huge in regard to relationships and community. I wasn't able to be here this weekend. I did worship from afar. And I heard Jeremy, you say this weekend, when you have that thinking where you just start worrying, all of a sudden, it's like you're living in this other reality. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that community and what we try to do with students struggling, this is bring you back to this moment and help you through that moment. Yeah. And you do sometimes need somebody else to point that out to you because you've just gone so far in your own
2: mind. Can I say one more thing about students? I think we have put such a high bar on our students i think uh, the the expectations that we have mm-hmm. of them like to that you're you're you, you need to be this good at, at at your academics you need to be this good at your sport you have to be this good at your at your extracurricular you, you you're you're literally on 100% of the time and mm-hmm. man somehow my life was able to happen without having to be plugged in twenty four seven like just can we give our kids can we give our students some downtime, and mm-hmm. if they don 't and I, I look at it through a, a sports lens so much because that 's what uh, that 's what I was involved in it 's uh, what our kids are interested in, and i just I worry sometimes that are that will my kids ever feel like they 're disappointing me if they tell me that they don 't like to play sports anymore mm-hmm. are my expectations for my kids greater than their hopes for their own lives and yeah. I think that that can be dangerous.
1: I think mm. what you said tr- is true and I think realize this those students feel the pressure mm-hmm. whether they look like they're holding it together or not we hear them say it. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. They feel an intensity.
0: Mm-hmm. And and if we're going to be honest and we'll speak this truth in love because we're all parents and mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all gone right to the edge and sometimes right over the edge mm-hmm. with our kids and pushing too hard. And a little bit more of, you know, how are you performing? Mm -hmm. And a little bit less of, how are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. as a human being, how are you doing as my son or daughter? Uh, I think that pressure um, is something that is very heavy on a young heart Mm -hmm. and on a young mind. And it can be a little confusing.
2: When I, uh, when when our son Trey was, Gra- graduating from preschool. I'll never forget it. The director of the preschool at, here at, at, at Hope, she said one of the most impactful things that I needed to hear. She said, your, your child's greatest successes are theirs. They're not yours. Right? Mm-hmm. And their greatest failures are theirs. They're not yours. Right. Your job, like you said, it, Mike, is, is to just come alongside of them, just to be with them, just to love them yep. as they do what they're going to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, give them guidance, not,
0: not demands yeah I think that 's really true, and what i 've seen now as a parent of adult kids is that continues that they they still need to hear hey parents' were, as parents my parents are for me mm-hmm. you know that they mm-hmm. they love to 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 be our biggest fans isn 't that the job of, yeah. of a parent in that situation is to be the number one fan because if we aren 't who who's going yeah. who 's going to fulfill that role now emily mm-hmm. We've kind of jumped ahead because yeah. this is sort of, we've already covered half of question three, but go ahead and read that for our listeners. <laughs> you're
1: advanced. That's okay. <laughs> well, we have
2: advanced guests. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're just following along. Yeah.
1: Our next question is, what are the best ways to love and support people who struggle with mental health?
2: Klet, hmm. you're the expert. Oh. You're the absolute expert.
1: I think um, meeting them right
3: where they're at without mm. judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Just sitting in the space, you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to know anything you just need to be present and so your presence your non-judgmental presence your acceptance of who they are and what they're feeling and validating that and then the most important thing is reminding them how much they're loved by a god that created them yes, and that that doesn't change even though they're feeling the way they're feeling Mm
0: -hmm. because then you're tapping them you're, you're you're pointing them To a power that's way bigger than what you can give as a friend. Yes. So isn't that the most loving thing a friend can do? Yes. Yeah. One more quick thing on that, and then I want to move the conversation forward. But the thing about Job's friends, as I was studying that, getting ready for our sermon, Jeremy, they got... All sorts of things wrong. They gave bad advice. Almost everything that came out of their mouths was sideways. You know, the reason, Job, you're suffering is because you're a sinner or mm-hmm. because you're not close enough to God or your kids must have done something wrong and that's why they perished in that natural disaster. And mm-hmm. just just stuff that the Bible, you, does not, you cannot support that view in the totality of scripture. But what they got right is what you said, Colette. Mm-hmm. They came alongside their friend, at least. They didn't disappear. I think too many friends, when their friends are up against it, sort of disappear because they're not sure, how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. This seems like it's over my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, my, my friends are really struggling with something I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You don't have to understand it. Mm-mm. Just come alongside. Listen. Just, you've got ears. Yep. <laughs> listen, mm-hmm. and then point them to something more. Point them to God's love. Point them to the help that they can get that, where God can produce healing through others as well.
2: I was going to say, asking a really good question, because sometimes you don't know why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Yeah. And so
0: yeah.
2: uh, just to be able to give space to say, hey, tell me more, tell me more about that. Yeah. Yep. You, you, you say you're so worried you can't get things done. Like, wh- wh- when does that happen the most for you? I remember, like for me, when I was going through that season of my life, and one of the things that would start to happen is I would start to get worried about getting worried. I would start to get Mm -hmm. anxious about getting anxious. And so Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it would seem like everything would speed up again. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I just need to slow it down. And it was when I actually was able to be open about it and say, that's not me. That's just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just an anxious thought right there Mm -hmm. that I was able to start to move past it. And, you know, that you start to put those, put those tools into practice and mm-hmm. those, they become lifelong, really important tools. So if you, can, if you have somebody in your life that's really struggling with it, or maybe they don't even know that they're struggling with it, but you can see it in them. Just to be able to ask a question to say, hey, how's this going? How are you doing with that? Or tell me more about that. It, you'll, you'll be amazed at what will come when that door gets opened just mm-hmm. a little bit. As
0: ministers and pastors, we get into those situations where people come to us and they're in full blown panic, right? mm-hmm. or, or the anxiety is just peaked. It's just mm-hmm. it's just over the top. They're shaking. They're they're King David in Psalm fifty five. They they're f- fleeing or 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 fighting or or they're, they're just freaking out. Isn't it fascinating that you have to do nothing? except listen mm-hmm. and and ask those kinds of questions tell me more about that tell me how that feels to and and let them know it's okay i'm here god's here god loves you it's fascinating to me that sometimes some of the best pastoral care conversations i have as a pastor with people are the ones where i say very little right mm. just a, just give people an opportunity to say here here's this here's this stuff it's that power of of human connection again, too. Mm -hmm. Like you say, you know, here we are talking and I I like talking about this with you guys better than just talking to a wall, you know, (laughs) uh, with myself. And so get around people, get Mm -hmm. get with people, talk this through, have people that you can share, safe people, Mm -hmm. right, mature people that you can share with to talk about these things. I think we love and support people who are struggling with mental health in those ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's going to... That's going to transition us into the deeper dive, uh, which is right there. We're, we're diving down. So scuba gear on, right? Emily, what, what would, where do you want to lead us on this?
1: Yeah, well, you hear a phrase, let go and let God. I think you touched on it a bit in your sermon this weekend. But how does that work exactly? What steps do we need to take? And is healing from mental health stuff really possible?
0: That last one is maybe a good place to start because uh, I think there's a lot of folks out there who think that if I get diagnosed with depression, I'll, I'll, that'll be mm-hmm. something that well, I'll, never, I'll never heal from. It'll never get better. Or if I have anxiety or if I have panic attacks. Now, it can be lifelong. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. But what's your experience been with that? Either one of you.
3: Well, <laughs> I think that, yes, healing is possible and healing looks different. For for yes. everybody, right? So, is it possible that I can pray and God can can take that away from me? Sure. And at the same time, um, I probably personally will struggle with it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But God has given me healing in so many ways that I can live my life successfully and in an abundance without that taking over. Um, and I see that with a lot of other people too. So I think we have to. I have. We have to keep our mind open to how we're healed and what that looks like. Yes. Right? We we
0: worship a God of resurrection power. And in no way do I want to minimize that. But some of this stuff is just, it's like Paul, who knows what it
2: was, but he talks about that thorn in his side. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it also is understanding kind of where, where it's been rooted for you. You know, I had the counselor that I met with, he said, we, we think of it often two as two things that aren't associated. like, depression or anxiety is either something went really bad Mm. or it's just brain chemistry. So Mm. it's either one or the other. And he said, what we found is that one is directly linked to the other, that maybe you had something that went wrong. And now because of the way that your neural pathways have gone in your brain, it's changed the chemistry in your brain, Mm. or you you have, you're predisposed to it and now it's started to affect the circumstances around you. And I think, so for me, it was understanding where was my anxiety coming from Mm. now mine was mine was very circumstantial and i started to understand it with the work of uh, of a counselor so i know that there are times like a normal person we're all going to deal with worry i i feel like there's probably not a great chance i'm going to get to that place where it was as pronounced as it was uh now I have the tools in case it does. Yes, you also have tools. (laughs) So I I don't worry about it happening again because I have the tools. Mm -hmm. And so when it happens, it's like, okay, there there it's going. So uh, I think that healing, like you said, it's so different for so many people, but the hope is real. The hope is absolutely real. And I believe that whoever you are that's hearing this right now, taking that next step, whatever that next step is for you, is going to be probably one of the greatest moments in the process of healing because you finally start to reveal and identify. Because I think sometimes we're so terrified mm-hmm. of acknowledging it because we think if we acknowledge it, it's going to then take over every part of our life. And it's like, well, no, if you don't acknowledge it, it's, it's taking over it. <laughs> every part of your life. And I think that's, that's a, for me, that was a huge part, just admitting mm-hmm. that, man, man, things aren't going really well for me right now. Pretend it isn't there isn't really a good strategy, no. is it?
3: No, because it's still there. It is. And it comes out in really ugly
2: ways. <laughs> right,
0: right, and so we can over-spiritualize that too. Just say, well, since I want to be healed, I'll just declare that I'm healed. And that's it. It's it's behind me. But if if you're still carrying the anxiety, if you're still carrying the stuff that produces the panic attacks, um, I heard somebody say once, uh, who is quite brilliant at these things, is a, is a counselor who said, rather than... Try to deny it and pretend that it isn't mm-hmm. there. Welcome it, yeah. W- which sounds mm-hmm. counterintuitive, right? G- yeah, exactly. Yes. And, you st- yes. and you start to realize, is that the best you can do? You know, yeah. panic attack. Is it? I'm still live. Yep. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing, barely. But I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here, right? And so, if that's the best you can do, I guess it's not going to be so bad. So, okay, you big bully, come on over to the playground. Yep. You know, if if you mm-hmm. got to be, then I'm not going to pretend there is no bully. If if there is, here's the bully. Here comes the, the anxiety or the fear or the whatever, and okay, you're not as big and bad as you think you are, right? And then it starts to calm it down because you're not fighting it's, or fleeing anymore. It's the
3: fear of the fear,
0: yeah, <laughs> right? The fear of the fear can be the worst fear. It is,
3: yeah. and it just all
0: <laughs> so continues to ruminate. Here's here's my question. We're in the deeper dive, but I want to ask this in the simplest of all ways. What would you say to the you? Um, once upon a time who started dealing with the, the anxiety and the depression or the issues that you've been up against, what would you say to the listeners who are out there and say, how do you let go and let God? How, how does that exactly work? What, what steps would you, where would you tell them to start? Where does it all begin?
3: Well, I think admitting it yeah. is, is one thing. But I also, I would just like people to understand that it is sometimes just a baby step at a time. In the season in my life, I'm the one in three, but I deal with both depression and anxiety. And I was also agoraphobic at one time where I was afraid to leave the house. Mm -hmm. And that's happening to a lot of people right now just because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so just baby steps. So don't feel like you need to eat the whole elephant. Mm -hmm. Just take a bite. And so for me, it was, I'm going to walk around the block. I'm not going to go for a three-mile walk. I'm just going to go around the block. Or I'm going to write what I'm thankful for today, because that also rewires your brain. Yes. And so, um, and sometimes those were, I'm thankful I got up and out of bed. I took a shower, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think for most people, I think I would want people to know that recovery in this is possible. Um, and I would have, back then I would have never thought I would have lived free of it ever. Mm-hmm. And so it's, there's hope and there's tools and, uh, but just take it little steps at a time. So reaching out is yeah. one of the biggest things. Naming it, mm-hmm.
2: I would say most definitely the the same thing. And and but my, my concern is for the person who says I've done that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now I, I I'm not able to get past it. And so then my question would be like, who can you can who can you connect to to have on your team? We mm-hmm. all we all need a team in life. Right. We need we need our our friend team, we need Mm -hmm. our family team, we need our our, our medical team, we need our counselor team. So I think about how do I, how do you build a team in your life that can help you uh, against this opponent that you're facing? And the bigger that you can make that team, Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the more uh, more, uh, firepower you're going to have against it. And so, and if that, I don't, you know you could be listening to this overseas i, mm-hmm. I jeremy don at hopewdm.org. dot org send me an email and we'll yeah. we'll help to get people on your team. We'll just help to get people on your team I'm glad yeah. you said that because because we're talking about this
0: from the perspective, not as professional therapists we mm-hmm. We know those folks in this community. we refer to them when that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to um walk alongside to listen to pray, to guide spiritually and then maybe to refer but church has a key role in this and faith Absolutely. as we've talked about has a key role in this pointing pointing folks to the god who does heal but also pointing folks to the god who's present mm-hmm. even before the healing is mm-hmm. experienced that you're not alone mm-hmm. you, you you god's got you as, as we said at the end of the sermons this weekend jeremy and as a church Colette what would you say specifically? How, how do they get a hold of us? That's here. If you're at another church, because a lot of people listen to this podcast all over the place, please you know, reach out to your church. Maybe that's a great first step. Call mm-hmm. your pastor, call, call your care providers at your church, call somebody um, who will just walk alongside you for a while and listen. And mm-hmm. wh- what would that be here at Hope for those who are a part of our family here?
3: Yeah, a couple ways. You can email care Mm -hmm. at hope org, And that will come directly to me. You can also call the front office um, and ask for someone in the care team. And we'll get you started uh, with resources here, as well as outside the walls of hope. And just to give you a safe space to just process and, and start talking about
0: at the end of this podcast on YouTube, if you're getting this on audio, mm-hmm. you can go to the end on YouTube, and we'll go ahead and put up that screen that we had at the yep. end of the sermon that has all the 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 numbers, suicide hotline numbers, and and some others that you can contact us to. So, mm-hmm. Collette, it's it's I just had to laugh a little bit when you said you can email care at HopeWDM.org, and that's to you. So you're like...
1: You (laughs) You are care. You are care. You you personify
0: care, and you do it so well. Uh, Thank you for that. And Pastor Jeremy, thank you uh, for that as well. But before we wrap up, Mm -hmm. mic drop moments. Emily, we've had a really wonderful conversation. What... What have you learned or what stands out? What's the the highlight? What are you taking out of this?
1: Yeah, I think one moment for me was when we talked about supporting somebody else and the fact that people sometimes just need to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest thing you can do is just be that for people. And uh, Jeremy talked about the tools you now have for your own life. Sometimes you can help point people to just finding their own resources to get those tools. So when it seems overwhelming to somebody uh, just being there to support them in their little next step is the best thing you can do.
2: Best thing for sure. Yeah, Jeremy, I would say I just I've been able to, as we all all three of us have been able to work alongside Colette for so long, and I think uh, her your, her wisdom. Anytime you talk Colette, about mental health is so mm-hmm. helpful to me. And I think just that that first step of just reaching out, mm-hmm. just reaching out. I think that's so just so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that. This is. I just need feel like I need to say this because I hear it from so many people that are concerned about a loved one in their in their in their Mm -hmm. world, and they're worried about their their life, and so they they think they're suicidal. And their their comment is, "But if I said anything, they would be so mad at me."
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let them be mad. Let
2: them be mad Mm -hmm. and alive. So they get a little mad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) that's certainly beats the
0: alternative. Exactly. Yeah. Let them get mad. Let anything stand out for you? Mic drop moments? Things you learned?
3: All of it, um, uh, yeah. I just think uh, from everybody's perspective about how you know community is important and the body of Christ is important, and it just it's just a constant reminder that um, being the church is is what we're called to be. We're,
0: so we really mm-hmm. are better together. In Absolutely. All My mic drop moment is a lot of them, but something you said, um, kind of in tandem. One is. Uh, we're here to listen. We're here to walk alongside, but we're also here to point them to the hope that God has. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm paraphrasing the way you put it, but but that's what I got out of that. How important that is and what a, what a um, powerful gift that we carry mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. that we aren't just walking alongside of you to say, hey, you know, at least there's another human being who cares. Right. There mm-hmm. is that. Don't want to minimize that at all. It's very important. We got something even better.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's,
0: there's a creator of the universe and a savior of the world who mm-hmm. cares and a Holy Spirit who's with you right now. Mm-hmm. There's a God who's with you in the deepest, darkest valleys mm-hmm. in Psalm 23. It's, it's interesting to me that the same David who uh, had a panic attack and Elijah who was, had suicidal thoughts and Job who was depressed. God was with all three of them and walked through that with all three of them. And as you said, Colette, earlier, we have to define what healing means. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always mean, you know, everything is 100% gone and you mm-hmm. just get to move on because sometimes carrying that thorn in the side that Paul mm-hmm. writes about in the epistles is actually hard to believe. It's a blessing for it. It, it makes us stronger that, that we have to carry the burdens that we do, the physical burdens or the mental burdens, the mm-hmm. the, the struggles that we have to carry, make us more compassionate, mm-hmm. make us more loving, make us more Christ-like. They can, they could ruin us too, but God can use those for good. Absolutely. And that's what I want people to hear. That can be healing too. Absolutely, It isn't just that anxiety is completely behind you or depression is completely behind you, but watch what God can do with it. He'll, he'll put it in its perspective so that it isn't mm-hmm. debilitating for you, mm-hmm. but he'll also use it to make you a much more sensitive um, and productive Christian, uh, somebody who can walk alongside and reflect the light of God's love to the world around us. Mm -hmm. Um, So, wow, I wish... I have a feeling after we shut the cameras off, we're going to keep going for a while on this, um, but we, we do need to wrap it up. We do want to value your time. So thank you so much for joining us. Anything else anybody has to say? Is that, is that good or is that a wrap?
3: I think it's great. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I guess I'll go find my favorite thing to do then to bring the stress down, right? We'll, we'll, we'll all go back to that. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We love you. God loves you even more. And that's the thing that we, that's why we do this podcast. That's Mm -hmm. why we're here as a church. We always want to point you to that hope. There's hope for you. God's got you. And uh, we're here for you too. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Please click like, share it with a friend and subscribe so we can see you next time.